Welcome to the Strap It Down podcast. Schwabi, we got an emergency podcast that we started up tonight after the White Sox sweep on the West Coast of the Giants. I, I can't remember the last time that we had a sweep on the West Coast. Schwabi, lead us off with some thoughts, man. I'm jacked up after seeing this. I'm, you know, after the spirits were down after the uh, the, the one to three uh, series loss to the Orioles, you have a decent series against the, the Angels, but you feel like you you know you went one and two, but you felt like you could have gone two and one there. So to come back and win three against the Giants, who are you know been playing pretty good ball, um, was big. It's absolutely huge for the Sox. It's good momentum heading into this AL Central run. I just abs. I, I like what you said there. Just humongous momentum against the Twins and then the Tigers. Man, I, I think we're four and a half back now. So week six and a half in here, we're four and a half. I think we started five out. The Orioles took down the Twins today. Finally, they closed one out in the ninth. The White Sox were two converted saves away from being two and a half out. I think my math's right. If yeah. if uh, Who was it? Jorge Lopez, I think, is the closer, which I, I can't believe that he's been this good this year. But right. two and a half, it, it, two converted saves away from being two and a half out in AL Central. But I'll take four and a half at this point. Uh, four and a half and with the fact the Twins are coming to town. Right, have we been two and a half? Have we been, or we are four and a half? Right, it doesn't matter if we go in to this series and we we you know aren't playing our best baseball. So the fact that we're playing, we're hopefully playing our best baseball, um, heading into this, that gives us a chance to really change the change the math and get back in this race. So what are your expectations for this week against the Twins? So Monday to Wednesday, do you know what time the game is tomorrow? I do not. I would it's fourth. It's, it's, a, I, I would have thought it was. I would have thought it was a night game, but it's Fourth of July tomorrow. We I think it's a, a night game, anyways. I it is a night game. Check this now that you. That's that's pretty awesome. Fourth of July. I'm sure the White Sox have some great fireworks. We're actually recording right now in my basement. We had a we had a switch from the garage because of the fireworks going on right now. Seven uh, seven ten tomorrow. Seven ten tomorrow. Yeah. So that should be a should be a good one. That'll be a packed house. You know you you know they'll have the big fireworks after. Um, should be a great atmosphere and a real uh. Real playoff atmosphere. We got Johnny Sizz, Johnny Cueto on the bound against Dylan Bundy. Dylan Bundy. All right, we we got to take down. I, I like that matchup, right? I mean, you know, Dylan Bundy. I was looking at him today uh, for fantasy purposes. Actually, I was just kind of looking at all the guys projected to go tomorrow, and Bundy like is striking out no one this year. He struck out like two guys his last like three starts. Two guys. Bundy, he started out decent. I think he threw a good outing against the White Sox earlier this year, but he's just he's the guy that you get a pounce on. So I think we have Bundy. Have you checked the matchups for the rest of the week? I think it's Bundy. Kopech Archer. Kopech Archer, then game two. Then it's Lynn Ryan, game three. So the only game that I would say we don't have the advantage there is game three. But I, I like Lance. And Lance if, is and hot. If, and if Lance pitches, like, if Lance gets back to where Lance was, where Lance was this weekend, um, you know, I, I I like our chances. I think Lance is finally knocking the rust off. You know, he had a very short stint in Charlotte. He clearly wanted to be back up here. 
So they probably brought him up a little bit quicker yeah, than you, you, you could tell, and he was tiring a little bit. We saw that, right? And Tony, of course, Tony leaves him in for a hundred plus in those outings, but it was clear he was tiring a little bit. But yeah, I think the last outing he looked his best for sure. Right. So I mean, I think, you know, I think all things considered, that's uh, that that it's not our best three, but it's a pretty good three, and our matchups I think are all favorable. All right, so let's talk a little bit more about what happened this weekend. So game one, game game one, it was a one nothing win. Lance started that game, pitched pitched unbelievable. Probably stayed in longer than he should have. Tony leaves him in for that sixth inning. I was getting super nervous because on the flip side, and I tweeted this, Kepler pulled out. Cobb, I think after five, because if you remember the fifth inning, the Sox were they were hitting some balls hard. It was right at some guys. So Kapler goes away from Cobb, which I think was a great move, and kept them in longer than probably they should have been. And then Lynn guts it out for the sixth. Who comes through for us in top of nine? Larry Legend. <laughs> Larry Legend. Larry Garcia finally coming through. Which, <laughs> I don't know how happy we should be about it, because that probably bought him another month. Uh, of it's it's one of those things where it is a double-edged sword, right? It's it's great, because you needed the win, um, and then you had you had Tony going off in the media. Wait, wait, how, wait, wait. How wait, wait the most perfect wait, human you, in the world. Did you have Tony? Did you see Did you see what he said after? I sent it to you. <laughs> All right, what did he say? Oh, my God, i got to find that. I don't the, even remember. It was game. the most ridiculous comment. I mean, it was just like, I'm in love with Lurie. I hope he's my next <laughs> child. Uh, but I mean, he didn't – did you watch it, or did you just tweet it? Or did you just find the tweet? I did not watch it. We should try to find the actual post game. I – you you would have think that Larry hit like a grand slam down three with two outs the way that Tony was talking about it. So I'll give you a minute. I'll give you a minute to find it. But Larry gets the hit in the top of nine. We get the one nothing lead, dude. It was like at, at this point I think it was twelve thirty, maybe twelve fifteen. And it, <laughs> Graveman comes in. Thank God he shuts the door because if we lose that game and it's twelve thirty. I'm suicidal staying up all night. Dude, I'm telling you, these uh, this West Coast week has been rough. I have uh, I would be lying if I said I haven't fallen asleep a few times a few times during these games. Uh, here is Tony's comments on Larry. He's a big time player, and he got a big time hit, and that was a big time arm out there. He's special. I mean, that was huge for us. Wait, a big time arm? Uh, I think we hit the ball. Oh, got it. On, just, on the base hit. Yeah, on the base it's, hit. you know, it's it's Tony. He's got few words, so we just kept saying big time. Dude, Tony is so delusional. That's I, a, what, like, what is he even talking just, about? This is like this is Leary's first hit, big hit, probably in a month. Find your someone. Find yourself someone who looks at you the way Tony looks at Larry. <laughs> That's all I gotta tell all you people out there. Okay, so game one, we steal. I don't know if you still. I mean, we played good ball. You win a one nothing game. I, I I love a good one nothing game. Lance Lynn, probably the the story of that game for sure. So we go to game two. Tanner had two big innings. Tanner, yes. Right, two. Tanner. So I think that was game. That was game. No, so game one. Game one. Tanner came in the eighth in a zero zero game. Tanner. That was for Tanner's first win. Was it? I thought he came in game two in the eighth. He did. He came in. No, game two. He came in and for two, so he pitched. He pitched one scoreless in the eighth in game one. 
got his first one of the which needs to be celebrated by the way so tanner banks probably one of the better stories of the 2022 white Sox. this guy was a you could say he's a journeyman he's a, a a minor league journeyman i think he's in his maybe 30 years old and is coming up and just answering the bell just great job to tanner banks congratulations on the first win and then game two so dylan cease went five right yeah. he gives up one to, i mean cease didn't have his stuff it, it was very clear but dylan cease gives up a solo homer to the first batter of the game and then he goes five scoreless after that and then i think tanner comes in for two right and tanner comes in for two and then i thought kelly gave up one graveman came up one and we yep. end up winning that game yep yeah, that was the game. Tanner pitched two in that one. And then in game two, who remind me of the big hit in that series. I know Leary grounded one grounded out and, and scored two on an air by the Giants, which we gotta talk about because the Giants <laughs> the defensive performance by the Giants. It's this unreal. Weekend. Like they are just they are an awful, awful defensive team. I think you tweeted it that it's now I know what it feels like to play the Sox. <laughs> um Yeah. I, I just did. just awful. <laughs> yeah, I mean, imagine that. That's how like when when people when team other fans are watching their team play the White Sox, it's like, oh my god, this team cannot field at all. Although the thing about the White Sox, I think, is when the White Sox are because we do throw the ball around a lot, but we also like in the outfield we just don't have any range so right. there, there's like certain balls that we don't get to that aren't even close where you wouldn't even know that it's bad defense by the white Sox. right and, you know when you're playing a bunch of first basemen's out there it doesn't uh doesn't do a lot for your right but but the giants kind of embarrassed the game of baseball this weekend with their uh, it's um it's it's really impressive uh, how poor they are defensively all right so what do you got for me on the game two performances at the dish game two uh Gavin drove in two, had a double to left. Drove oh, that was, in. Uh, that was Jack, Peter, Jack Peterson. Yeah. Speaking of the defense, oh, that one Jack came flying in it. That's still like I I watched that. I think I tweeted on that one. I was like, a Jock would have been a freak shot. <laughs> like it's a ball hit over his well, head, and Josh is running in and then jumps. I, like isn't I don't that know what he was doing? Isn't that though just like when you think about baseball, that, that a play like that, how much that changes? the whole complexion of everything that happens like that changed the whole series that one play if jack peterson catches that ball because i we maybe get a sack fly we probably do if he catches it but you don't know that because it was it was a line drive and it wasn't that deep but he he misplays it and then Moncada, then the infield's drawn in if you remember yep. Moncada hits a ground ball that would have been an out that turns into another run the wheels kind of start falling off a little bit it, it just it's such baseball is such a game of little things and it's like Jack Peterson misplays that and then next thing you know the Sox are up three to one gets two in and then they are you know then the next guy gets a hit now we got three in and Mankata yeah. I think had two hits yeah Mankata's been playing pretty well didn't yeah. do anything didn't do much today uh offensively did have that one catch but uh it was great in fact that he didn't get hurt was even better <laughs> um but yeah Mankata's been playing been playing pretty well which has been a huge boost for the team because they need him uh, especially from the from the left-handed batter's box. Yeah, I agree. If Mankata just uh, honestly, like even if Mankata hits like 220 and gets on base at like a 320 clip, he's a plus player because the guy can really field. He's I, yeah, he's solid. I mean, again, in comparison to Berger, he's a 
all-star in the field. But even outside of that, he's a pretty good defender. And and he, and he you know, is a guy who will draw pitches and, and draw a walk and do some of the things that the rest of the team doesn't do as much. Yeah, and that's that's what this team is missing a little bit with Mankata and Grandal. Those are the two guys that take the most walks in the lineup. Abreu has been... I I couldn't have been more, been be more impressed this year with his at-bats. His at-bats have been unreal. He's turned into a, a walk guy at 36 or whatever the world he is. He's really... He's pulling up the slack. He's picking up the slack for Yaz. He's picking up the slack for Yo. I like what you said the other day about Jose. You said that he's turning into a Nelson Cruz. At his older age, I'd it's love just that. he's you know he's working counts. He's becoming a he's becoming like a complete hitter, right? It's one of those things where I remember uh, talking about Grandal his first couple of years in the Sox, or talking with talking about Vaughn. It's like he goes up there and he's, he has a professional at bat. Yeah, and there absolutely. have been times where Jose is a free swinger and he was very much driven by his uh, batting average, not his walks. Right, his on base percentage was similar, um, and. You know, this year he's really been a guy who's been working counts and beginning on base via the walk, um, which is huge. You, you need guys who can who can get the you know get the lineup moving, get the lineup rolling over, and uh, by drawing walks you're able to do that a lot of times. So it's been it's been nice. You don't don't just have to rely on him to get hits. He's finding other ways to get on base. So let's talk about huge win Saturday. You get you get two wins in a row, which. I felt really good about, but I also got a little, <laughs> a little depressed when I saw the Twins get the walk-off win for the second day in a row. Just because you win two on the West Coast and you don't pick up a game, it's it's a little demoralizing. But right. then the boys come out today with a 13 spot and just really, the, I, this is the first time all year that we had an opportunity to sweep. And not only did we sweep, we we stepped on their throat. They they made. The most important play, I think, of today's game. They made another terrible play on defense. So it was ground ball. It was runner on first, one out. I mean, this is how quickly a game can change. Runner on first, one out. And Tim Anderson, ground ball to the shortstop. And t- absolute tailor-made double play. The guy throws it into right field. So now we're at second and third with one out. And... The King King Luis makes him pay for the two run single, which, I mean, you get an two unearned runs like that. It, we've seen it all year. We've seen it all year with unearned runs. It's such a gut punch. It's so hard to come back for that because typically you're gonna get a couple of runs that are not unearned each game, right? So if you tag or, tag on top of those a couple unearned runs, now that's how you start stacking up some runs in a game, and. The the fact that Luis made them pay, I that was, that was the the play of the game, and then it was downhill from there. And you can't give teams extra outs, right? I mean, that's what it comes down to. If you're able to field the ball cleanly, and if you're able to not let runners get on base via the walk, you know, chances are you're going to be doing pretty good. When you're walking guys, and when you're giving teams extra outs by not making by not converting plays, it it's a killer. So it was nice to see the Sox. Get that advantage today, um, you know, as a team who's getting the getting the unearned runs as opposed to giving up the unearned runs, and they really took advantage. It was very refreshing, for sure. And on top of all that, if if there's a a day to get 13 runs in a game, 
this is the one because the last two games we had we we used all our high leverage guys. All three of them. All three. <laughs> really, like two and a half. Well, you texted I mean, me. You texted me. You said, "Get ready," because who are we going to use today? I mean, I told you that before the game. I mean, it was one of those where you look at it and and Joe Kelly. Did you see the came out today that Joe Kelly had a clause in his contract? Dude, he wasn't that, able to pitch back to back games until July one. That's concerning. That's ridiculous. What what is Rick doing? Uh, I still don't know why we didn't sign Tapera. Yeah. I, like they signed for essentially the same money. Like Yeah, and Tapera was great. Tapera's right. good. I don't know why Tapera's they, rock I don't know solid. why they got rid of Tapera and but why then they Ke- went to Joe Kelly. But. Kelly's got a he's got an injury issue and you're signing him on top of that? Right. I, I that that's very... with a clause in his contract that he can't pitch back to back. So that was but you use Kelly, you use Tanner Banks, who like is Tanner. again one of your top, top dependable guys right now, who was sent down to Charlotte, not that long ago, um, in Graveman. So you use your top three guys back to back days because you need those wins. So I, 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 when Tanner came in in the eighth inning in the zero zero game, I tweeted from the account that Tanner Banks is in in a zero zero game. How did the White Sox get here? But I didn't tweet that. So some people were responding with like with Tanner Banks's number, how he's good he's been in the last nine innings. I didn't tweet that as a site as a as a slight to Tanner Banks. It was more so just like because Tanner's been good. He's been he's been in rock solid. It was just more like this is a guy that was a a journeyman in triple A and he's filling up a role on the on the club, on the in the White Sox here and He's being used in the highest of high leverage. I mean, it's just crazy to think about that, especially with how much Rick spent on the bullpen. I, I mean, think that's how- the that's the thing, right? With the amount of monetary resources we put into the bullpen, um, you know, why is why is this guy who wasn't even probably slated to make the team when you were projecting the rosters coming into the year, uh, you know, the guy you have throwing in the eighth? Schwabi, what do you got for me today? For the White Sox at the dish, I mean, I think one of the big things is, is uh, Gavin Sheets, right? We had talked about him on the last podcast, and, you know, and Dave made the comment about how he was going to left field, and I, I think I kind of went back at him saying that yeah, he went to left field, but those were two ground ball singles. He's hitting the ball to left field with authority this, the last two days, right? Yesterday he had the big double that Jock misplayed, but still hit that ball hard. Today he had a uh, bags loaded double. They cleared the bases, you know, and he's still and he's still swinging out the right field too, right? It's not he's just going the other way. He's pulling the ball, but he's also showing something going the other way. I think the double was off the lefty, which is big for his development. Um, you know, if Gavin – Gavin really seems like he was a guy who paid off or paid off having him go back to Charlotte, kind of got his confidence up, figured some things out, and he's been swinging a hot bat since he came back. Um but I mean, everyone hit today, which was great to see. I think you know, Sebi, Sebi's been playing really well, um, which has been a, a big, a big help because while Reese had been catching well, he and had a couple of decent games with the stick, um, you know, is nowhere near the hitter that that Yaz is when he's healthy. And so having Sebi kind of pick up some of that slack has been a benefit, really, to make the whole lineup top to bottom a lot stronger. It's funny you mentioned Sebi as another guy that's stepping up. All, all these guys that are doing good now, like Sheets, Sebi, Berger, to an extent, because he went down for a little bit. I, do we do we need to take a look at what's going down in AAA with the hitting coach? I uh, don't know. Uh, 
I don't know what the deal is, but he's certainly a guy I'd want to talk to. Like, I'm not saying that we're firing Menachino and bringing him up tomorrow, but he's a guy that if I'm, you know, one of the, I'm Chris Getz or if I'm, you know, even Han or one of Han's guys, I'm sending somebody down to Charlotte to see what's, what's going on and what he's talking about because there seems to have been some uh, improvements from guys who've gone down got their confidence up, came back, um, ran the ball. I think even someone made a comment today on Twitter how, like, Robert went down to Charlotte last year on his rehab stint, came back with yep. more open yep. stance, which really fueled him last year. So, uh, yeah, Sebi Zavala, it, if you pay attention to Sebi's flight plane on his swing, it, it's he's got, like, an uppercut swing now. I, I noticed that. The first time I noticed that was today on that, Opposite field single, which was a massive hit. It was a two-out hit to take a 3-0 lead. And he's got a total uppercut swing. It kind of looked like Chris Bryant was kind of like the first of the the era to come up with just a total uppercut swing. And you honestly, you, you just got to gotta commit to avoiding the ground ball. Schwabi, you love launch angle. You talk about it all the time. And Sebi, it, the guy, it, he's he's performing right now at the major league level i know it's been a short sample size so i don't want to like get too excited about it but you look at what sebi's done on, at triple a this year Tri- sebi zavala has been the best hitter on the charlotte knights this year which yeah it's still the minor leagues but that's still a pretty good accomplishment for a guy like sebi zavala who is more of like a defensive catcher first versus a, a hit guy and for him to just have a close to a 1.0 ops and in triple a i think that's something we got to take a look at with the hitting coach a lot of those guys in charlotte are hitting the ball real well the, i mean the, kind of the Haisley whole minor hazley was killing it hazley was killing um the other catcher was doing really well yes yeah, uh, perez. perez perez is he's he like leads the team in home runs right he's killing it gilbert's been doing he's a guy who i think everyone you know like who at least i thought of defensively like you were saying and when he came up they're like he's a bat first catcher i'm like oh that's Interesting. Last time I saw him, he couldn't do anything on the bat. <laughs> uh, right, Yolbert's been great. Um, you know, so I think it's one of those things where a lot of the guys in Charlotte are doing some good things, and you know, at minimum, I think that's a guy you want to talk to because it seems like some whatever whatever they're doing down in Charlotte is working. And I know it's the hitters' ballpark, and that you know they have the MLB, or they at least a couple years ago they were the they were the level that had the MLB ball when it was flying. Yeah, they were juicing the ball. They you know, so I mean, ball. I know some of that stuff is the case, but. Um, they're doing good things in Charlotte. They're hitting the ball hard. They're and got and major league guys are going down there, whether they're demoted or whether they're on rehab assignments, and they're coming back better than when they went down. Which is I, I it's awesome to see because that usually when you get demoted, that's a huge hit to your confidence. Right. So to see a guy like Berger, to see a guy like Sheets. To see a guy like Zavala just be up and down, and then get the confidence back in AAA and bring that back to the bigs is pretty impressive. So that that, that well, pumps me up. And it's one thing to get the confidence down there, but then to come back up, right, and yeah. still produce. Yeah, absolutely. You know, great, you got your confidence, but you, you still you gotta, have to produce with against major league pitching. Yeah, it's like you keep that feeling. You know, it's almost like shit. Should maybe Grandal gets a longer stint in AAA than he should. Just to get that feeling back of what it's like to hit some some fly balls that are leaving the park and not landing at the, the warning track. But 
anyway, I, I like you, you started this with Gavin Sheets. I think credit where credit's deserved. Tony kept him in against the left hander today with the bases juiced. I like what you said too with him going the other way, just hitting rockets. That was just an absolute massive hit. That was long he hit against, right? Yeah, lefty. Long yeah. has long, did good. Uh, long has crazy reverse stats. He gets killed by lefties. Really? He, That's he, interesting. Yeah. Do you think? Here's a question for you. No, I don't think. <laughs> Do you think Tony knew about the reverse splits? No. I. I mean, again, I. <laughs> All right, so I I'd, say I say I, it half jokingly, I, half because I just don't like him. I um, but I I don't know. Maybe he did, but I you know, <laughs> it, yeah. I saw, I think I that popped up shortly after he hit that ball, that you know he's got pretty heavy reverse splits where he struggles against the lefties, but really, really does well against righties. That's very interesting. Is it see? So we're watching highlights of the game right now, and Sebi just had a nice uppercut swing. But I think um, I, I didn't know that with the reverse splits and I was actually calling for Berger in that at a bet knowing how good Berger is against lefties but Berger is an interesting case because he he's just not a great fielder so I, I just don't know if we have room for him Schwabi you were talking a little bit about it earlier what what do you what do you think is the future with Jake Berger and the White Sox so you know the Sox have got a couple guys coming back uh Liam and Engel will be back tomorrow and it looks like Eloy will be back shortly thereafter. I think with those three guys coming up, I think it's only a matter of time until Jake's going to be sent back down to Charlotte. Um, I think based on what he's done this year, you know, while he while he's a great insurance option, and if you need a third baseman, you certainly like having him in the fold. Um, but I think at this point in time, I'd be looking to deal Jake. I think he's been playing pretty, you know, he hit pretty well when he got a, an extended opportunity this month. And I think, you know, he's probably going to have close to some of his better trade value, at least to date. Um, you know, with this situation, as far as contract-wise, I think he's got to be on the team next year on the, on the 26th man. Um, and I think it's probably something you want to start looking to deal. Based on, you know, we had this talk on Thursday, right? We were talking about, did you see the Sox as sellers or buyers? Yeah. Yep. And I made the comment that I think at this point in time, I would tell you to hold until you kind of get through with this stretch of the AL Central. Seeing how you are for that, you're going to know whether you're in it to win it or if it's time to sell. Um, but, you know, I think Jake Berger, Berger's potentially a guy you can hold, and maybe you, you're able to swing a little bigger. But I think looking at the pitching right now, you know, Liam coming back, hopefully that stabilizes the back end of the bullpen. Um, Graveman's been pitching pretty well. Tanner's been pretty good. Kelly's been a little up or down, but he's been, you know, coming on. But I think if you can get a quality arm right now for Berger, I think you probably make that move. Maybe it's a guy who's got a little more team control. He's not a guy who's just a one year and done. Um, where he kind of is a guy who, if you decide to, to make some moves, but still with the idea of contending next year, he fits into those plans. Um, or he's a guy that you make that move now. And if it doesn't work, you can still send him back out at the end of the de- at, at the end of the month when you're in the deadline. But I think getting a bullpen piece now would go a long way into helping you be in a better better position when you reach that deadline where you want to buy. Yeah, I think getting because we have I, I think when healthy our bullpen's solid, 
I, I don't. It's probably not as good as Rakan wanted it to be. But I think if everybody's healthy, I mean, that includes Kelly, that includes Bummer, and then obviously Liam as well. I mean, that, that's pretty. And, and Lopez has been a good surprise this year. Foster had a good run earlier. Thank God he had like a nice clean inning to get his confidence back a little bit. But you, if you get like one more kind of shutdown, not not necessarily shutdown guy, but another solid guy, that would be hard to say no to if they wanted Jake Burger for him. Right. I don't think you're necessarily looking for you know that guy who's a who is a as close a closer for another team or is even their eighth inning guy. Yeah, it's not the Kimbrough deal from last right. Year. You're not you're not swinging for that guy. Uh, but you know if you can find a, a guy who's a little cheaper, a little older. On a team that isn't contending, you know, maybe he's on a short-term deal. Maybe he's like got two years left. You know, I think Bummer's a guy who you haven't heard a lot about, which concerns me a little bit. Yeah, I, it's silence is not good on injuries. Right. So maybe you're you're looking for a left-handed guy. You know, and I know we're, you're not allowed to have a guy come in just to face a lefty, but when you play certain teams and certain teams stack their lineup and they're very platoon-heavy you might get an opportunity where you're facing two left-handers in a row and having a guy who gets lefties out, whether it's a lefty or a righty, right? Regardless whether he's, you know, what his splits are, like that's a guy you want to get that favorable matchup against. All right, so a a lot of good things there. I want to go back to talking about some reinforcements that are coming in. We talked about Liam. Liam's expected to get activated tomorrow. I think Angle's expected to get activated tomorrow as well Aloy on the horizon maybe not tomorrow he hit a bomb today I think you sent that to me he's close so we got we got some guys coming in biggest series of the year coming up I I I think we're gonna take at least two out of three we, we got it at a minimum you got to win two out of three how are you feeling about this week Schwabi? it's huge I mean it's Six, fifteen games in fourteen days. I think it's a three, four game series with a doubleheader and a three game series. So, uh, it's an absolutely huge stretch. It is, you know, we talked about this in the last pod. It's a stretch that you have to come out looking good. This is why we call the emergency podcast right now. I, right. I mean, it's one of those where we 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 did well. We finally we went up. We sweep a series, um, and we we're coming in this huge stretch. So it's a stretch we have to capitalize on. Quite frankly, I was sick and tired of recording on days where we would lose. I, I think out of six weeks, we won one time the day we were recording. Maybe. I, it was, it's, it's, it's been rough. Thursdays have not been, uh, for all you other podcasters out there, I would tell you don't record on Thursdays. <laughs> don't record. Uh, um... I, this got me <laughs> jacked up. I Dude, when we got the sweep, in San Fran, how can you not get pumped about that? And then you're coming home against the Twins. This is, it's go time. This is the hot streak. This is the hot streak right now. What do we got? We talked about it. We got 15, I think, against the AL Central. 15 against the AL Central, and it's time to roll right now. It's 15 and 14 days with a doubleheader in Cleveland. Double he- Cleveland. Is that at home or on the road? I hope that's at home. We can road, we cannot win in Cleveland, by the way. It's well, we're gonna need to win everywhere we play. Um, so it's good it's good seeing that we have the reinforcements coming. It was great that you know we were able to go that Luke Lucas was able to give us a great six today, which I think is something we have we didn't really yeah. touch on. Yeah. Lucas's last few starts, he's been looking like the Lucas of old. 
That's true. Um, which yeah. is huge. Yeah, that is you huge. You know, because we were able he's to the score. Ace. He's the ace. He's got it. Because we were able to score so many runs, we were able to preserve the bullpen today, um, which is another big step, right? Yeah. We need to make sure that we have these guys available as many days as possible for these games that we have opportunity to win. We need to be able to take advantage of them and not be throwing Jose Ruiz in a one-run game in the eighth. Right, we need to be able to throw our best. Yeah. So Very the true. fact that we're gonna have we're going to the series with a Grave Minus on off a day off, Tanner off a day off, Joe Kelly off a day off, Liam back, it sets up well for our pen. Um, if Cueto can, can continue to give us the strong six he's been giving us, you know, if Kopech can go out there and give you a strong outing, if you can get a couple strong outings to start the series, that's gonna help. This is a long set, um, without days off. And with a doubleheader on one of them, it's even more games, and it's going to be hard. It's even more imperative that you get as many innings from the starters as possible, so your pen can be fresh throughout. Do we have four against Detroit then? Because we have no, money. It's a three against Detroit. It's a. Well, it's sorry, a... it's a three against. Because it's Monday, Wednesday against Minnesota. Right. And it's a three against Minnesota. It's a four against Detroit. It's a four against Cleveland. It's a four against uh, Minnesota. Wow. Wow. Right. Thursday, Friday, Saturday, Sunday. Let's go. Let's go, White Sox. Right now. This is it. This is how you get back in the race. Oh, and then it's, you, it's absolutely imperative. I mean, so and you then you're at with, the All-Star break. Right. So you start with three at home against Minnesota. You go into Thursday. You have four at home against Detroit. I love that, by the way. Then you go to Cleveland for four. <laughs> to Cleveland for four with a doubleheader included? Yeah. And so what's that, Monday to, to Wednesday, Monday to Wednesday doubleheader? What day is the doubleheader? Doubleheader is... Man, that's... Monday. <sighs> so that's rough. I mean, you're starting off that series with a doubleheader. And it's a 12-10, 6-10. Well, Minnesota this past week, I think they've played like a, a bunch in a row and they had a doubleheader against Cleveland. Yeah. So that you know their bullpen's beat up. Uh, you know, <laughs> doubleheaders in Cleveland scar me a little bit. Is Leary going to be bad in third or what? <laughs> hey, listen, I'll I'll make a deal with Tito right now. We'll bet Leary third if Naylor sits on the bench. Um, <sighs> oh my god! You know, but so it's I think it's good. We're we're having the reinforcements coming in. I think uh, my guess is Eloy doesn't play this series. He comes back for the Detroit series. It just seems this seems this year to me at least, and I don't have anything to back this up, but it seems like we typically bring guys back for the first game of a series rather than activate them in the middle of a series. My guess, Eloy played in Charlotte today, didn't get pulled early. Back for Detroit. So my assumption is Eloy plays another day in Charlotte, probably flies in on Tuesday, sits on the bench on Wednesday, gets activated on Thursday. (sighs) I, I don't know how I feel about that. I agree with you because that's what Rick does. But why? Why do you have to be pigeonholed to the start of a series? Uh, I, right. I don't get it. I And it's one of those things where I was just sending I was they, – they brought in the broadcast today. How Liam was angling to be activated today. Yeah. And after – if I'm the Sox, after the, after the bullpen the last two days – I probably would have been like, yeah, we're going to activate you today. Why did, yeah, Stone was like, absolutely not. It's like, what's the difference between today and tomorrow? That's my thing. If you know you're bringing him back tomorrow, why can't you bring him back? It didn't make sense to me. Um, Maybe, maybe because of the travel, but it was, he's probably traveling with the team. 
He's been with him the whole time. Yeah, I've stupid. been dying stupid. because every I, time I they show Liam in the pen, he is in full uniform. Liam has been on this has been on the DL for I don't know uh, three weeks a month, and every day he is still in full uniform in the pen. He's in his Southside Connect pants. He's in his he's, he's he is wearing full uniform like he is on the active roster. It's like Liam, you're 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 not even eligible to play, man. What are you doing? Send the dugout, relax, kick your feet up, wear some gym shoes. No, he's out there in the pen. Like, like, looks like he's ready to go in. I love, I love Liam because Liam's got so much emotion that I love that shit so much. Oh, he's phenomenal. Oh man, so I, I, I like the way this is set up because I think, at a minimum, you take two out of three. I, I think we're gonna take down the twenty. We, we got swept in Minnesota. We, we need to give them a little payback. They're getting a little too cocky for me. They think that they're like the the best in the division, but in reality, they stink. Yeah, it will be interesting interesting to see who goes down for Liam. Um, I'm hoping it's Vince. I'm downing it's Vince. But Vince couldn't even finish the game today. Right. Oh, come on, Vince. So I'm we're thinking up, we're up twelve. You can't get through the ninth inning. We're up twelve. The they just the, the Giants just threw. Uh, they, they almost threw your mean. I was really hoping they would throw your mean today. That that other catcher was nowhere near as fun of a pitcher as your mean would be. <laughs> your mean smoked a double off. Oh, he absolutely cranked that ball. Um, you know, so I, 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 everything's setting up well. It's one of those things where we've had so many of these podcasts where it's been hard to come up with a positive, think about, you know, think about it optimistically, and then after today, you're really. Things are looking so much better, you know. So I think it's one of those things where we can be optimistic for for once, really. And it's one of those things where Dave's been the one guy who's been optimistic, and I think you and I have been. Uh, sure, that he has been. Have been have been kind of down on it, um, and it looks like things are finally starting to turn that corner. And you know, Dave's optimistic approach is is going to be right, I hope. And uh, you know, there are better days ahead. Yeah, I think this is this is what we've been waiting for. I mean, a sweep against the Giants makes you feel good. They they gave us a lot of those games, but you got to take them. You but there win are them. so many games that teams have tried to give us yeah, that we've turned you, you around and them. given you right back. You got to win them, no doubt about it. Right? No doubt you about it. You got to take it. You know, they'll give it to you, but you got to you have to eventually be the guy who does the final step and takes it. Um, we haven't always been able to do that, so I think that's something that. Has me looking, has me thinking, thinking we're in good shape um, going into that. So, Schwabi, we got we got the biggest stretch of the year coming up. Give me a player. We're going to do this. You give me a player who's going to be the guy that steps up against the AL Central, and I'll give you a player. I put you on the spot there. We didn't talk about this beforehand. No. Who's going to be the guy? Luis. You think Lou? Luis. If Lou if Luis plays up to full Luis potential, that's a huge boost for us. Um, you know, he is the most explosive bat, arguably. Um, I think I think Vaughn and, and you know, Timmy is, is always gonna be the catalyst of the team, right? We're, when Timmy goes, we go. Um, I think that's that's pretty well known. And I think you, you know what you're going to get from Andrew Vaughn, and you know what you're going to get from Abreu. But for the Sox really to go out there and to win the, to take a big step forward in this next 
15-game stretch. If Luis comes out playing like he's been playing of late, getting big hits, getting timely hits, um, that's going to that's going to be a big. This is really fun watching highlights while we're doing this. Um, just watch. Well, watch the flubs drop a fly ball into a fly. Um, <laughs> I distracted Schwab there because the flubs <laughs> literally just dropped a fly ball. But I, th- I think it's one of those ball. things where, like, if Luis can be Luis, then you kind of know what you're getting around the starters. You hope they get a little more length in the game. But I think if Luis can be Luis, that's going to go a big way um, to taking some taking command of the division. All right, so you got you got the king, King Louis. I like that. I'm gonna go with I'm gonna go with the man, Jose. I think Jose, he he knows what it takes to win the division. He's he's gonna be a man on a mission this week. He's been hot. The guy, he might be putting up his. If you take out Jose's first month, because he was so bad the first month, but since then, this might be one of the best. I don't know if it's his best because he, he's not hitting a lot of home runs, but maybe the most impressive stretches of his career. He's getting on base more than he ever has. This is Jose's week, man. It's it's July. It's hot in Chicago. We got we got seven at home. He's gonna start pounding the ball. Con- I, I shouldn't say that. He's gonna continue to pound the ball. Well, and that's the thing is like even early in the year when his numbers were struggling, if you looked at his advanced metrics, if you looked that's at like his, his background stats, you looked at his exit velocity, you looked at all those things, like he was nothing had changed. Yep. Like his hitting profile wasn't vastly different. It wasn't like his contact was this much lower percent or this much, you know, much softer hit ball. He was still hitting the ball with the same authority. He was just hanging at people into the ball on the ground. Um, you're finally starting to see that that luck kind of change back to where uh, you, know, you need to be. Yeah. And Jose's doing doing things that I think Jose has kind of done his whole career. Which is why Jose is such a good hitter because he didn't let that affect him. He just he kept doing what he was doing, and he knew it was gonna the title was gonna turn, and it finally did. The uh, <laughs> speaking of the tide turning today, I don't know if you caught it. Jack Peterson hit a absolute bomb to right field, off the wall. He got a double out of it. Only ballpark in the league that it was not a home run. And I it thought was of Jensen. you immediately when they said that comment <laughs> when they brought it up. I was like, oh. It was a unicorn. It was the first park. It was the first Miska Muska Park. No more. It was the first unicorn that worked in the White Sox here. Thank (laughs) God. I I almost I popped some. I have a bottle of champagne saved up for the baby on Wednesday, and I popped it. I popped it for the unicorn early because we we finally at home and not leave the park. Oh my! What a what a series by the White Sox. So Schwabi, we had an emergency pod. We're gonna wrap this up because. It, we just had to share some thoughts on the White Sox. We're, we're jacked up. So final thoughts for the week. We got the three biggest games of the year. Final predictions. Schwabi, what are we doing next week? The three against the Twins. We're going 2-1. Two 2-1? And one. Two and one? Which games are we winning? We're winning... Uh... It's a t- oh, that's, that's a tough one. I uh, see. I see the. I see the. We're winning game two. Brain turning over. I don't know what other one we're, other one we're winning, but we're winning game two. Okay. Confident in game. That's Kopech. Yeah, it's Kopech Archer. I like that. Archer has been. Archer needs to be brought down the way. Yeah. I, I, so are we taking then game one or game three? I have a real hard time betting against the Mets. I think honestly. 
honestly, I'd probably pick us to keep winning games one and game three. I like the matchup against Bundy tomorrow. Bundy tomorrow. Um, he's not a high strikeout guy, which looks good for the Sox. Sox can get some good swings on him. He's not a guy. He's got a guy who's going to make you with ball and play. Hopefully the bats stay hot. And that works well. And then I'm thinking Lance comes out on Wednesday real riled up. Ready to go. So you're you're flipping your vote. Flip my vote one and three. <laughs> All right. All right. I'm taking one and two. And then I'll give him game three just for the fact that I think we're going to sweep, but I don't want to jinx it. So we'll, we're taking the series for sure. And then Detroit is when we, the, the boys need to eat. There's no doubt about that. So I'm pumped for next week. We're back. I'm telling you, we're back. We're, we're going to be talking. Next time, maybe close to the All Star break, and this thing is going to be neck and neck. And the second half is going to get a lot of fun because the White Sox have the easiest schedule in the league. We're about to get healthy. Aloy's coming back. Liam's coming back. Yaz will be back soon. It's time to roll. And Yaz took BP. Uh, Yaz took BP. Was he running yet, or he's like, power walking, or what? I think, what? He was, I think, I, think uh, I saw that on Twitter today. He took BP the other couple days ago, maybe on Friday. Um, so I think there's some potential that Yaz is, is going to be in Charlotte shortly. Um, okay, real quick though, before we cut off, when Yaz comes back, is Sebi staying? I don't know. Because I think I think Re- I think Reese is out because that was the whole deal because wh- why the Blue Jays traded for Collins because I think Reese would have been sent down. Is that an option? Yeah. Um, I think if I think if one of them has options, I think that one gets sent down. They're both out of options. Se- Sebi has options. They're okay. So if Sebi has options. I think Sebi probably. Sebi's be been he's a revelation. Sebi is a revelation. It it may remember be. remember in 2022 when Sebi Zavala saved the White Sox season. <laughs> I I think I think what you see happens. I think you're gonna see Yaz spend more time in Charlotte. The idea being that they're gonna get him to a place where he hopefully can play two out of three, as opposed to his current like 50 percent of the time what he was doing prior to the injury. Uh, so I think he may have a longer stint in Charlotte, hoping to get him back, to get him closer to full strength, so he can play more often. So you need that better player, less. Risa, I think get to the playoffs. Or when rosters expand, you'll yeah. see Sebi, and then Sebi will be back. All right. Sebi's playing. Sebi's playing the best he's ever played, and I'm by far really enjoying it. No doubt about it. All right. Well, Schwabi, thanks for coming over for the emergency pod, man. I'm jacked up. <laughs> We've talked about it. Most important stretch of the year. Talk to us two weeks from now. I think we're gonna be as close as two games back and I'm, I'm very confident in that so we're gonna end that here thanks for joining us on the emergency pod let's get some w's this week against the al central